This is a house of worship. This is a house of worship. Why is this a house of worship? This is a house of worship because God deserves our worship. I want to take a few moments this morning and I want to talk about worship. I've been thinking about it a lot. One, one, one of the thoughts I had is worship has nothing to do with me. I've, I've been in church all my life. And I've heard people say, well, worship was great this morning. And I've, I've heard them say other times, well, you know what? The musicians didn't play well. This didn't go right. And we put our expectation on worship instead of saying, is he worthy? Is he worth it? Does he deserve our praise? Does he deserve our thanksgiving? Does he deserve? And, and what I found was when I started to think about worship, I found that quite often we have defined it based on our thoughts. I find a lot of things we have interpreted ourselves and let, instead of letting the Bible define our life. For instance, one of the things that I have found with the Bible, it says forgive. But in life, we have said, well, you know what? Just hold it over them for a bit. And we rationalize and reason sin in our life. Instead of saying, I need to forgive. I need to live according to what his word says. My life is not my own. Your life was bought with a price. There is, there is a difference between a believer, a follower of Christ, and someone who does not know Christ. There is a difference, and that is a new birth, a regeneration, a new creation in Christ Jesus. And one of the things that follows that is worship. When you look in the Bible, worship, a king would sometimes demand worship for nothing that they did. Nebuchadnezzar, in the Bible, he had this big area, this big theater area, and he said, get everybody in there. And when you play this sound and when this, this statue's there, I want you to bow down and worship it. Not because of anything he did, but just because he was the king. Now praise, praise quite often happens because of what was done. We can praise somebody for what they did. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for opening the door. Thank you for this. I really appreciate that. Praise and honoring someone, we, we do. But worship belongs to the king. Praise belongs to him as well. But what I was trying to say is, is praise quite often follows an activity or an action, whereas worship is because of who he is. 
We live, I live very much in a performance-based or an activity-based society. I do this because you did that. I will behave this way because you behave that way. And what happens is we take that thought and that mode of living and we bring it into our relationship with Jesus. And instead of going, you know what, I'm going to love you because of what you've done for me, we make it, I'm going to love you because of what you'll do for me. And we've made it. And, and, and what's amazing is God says, no, love me. Worship because of who I am. So I want to take a few minutes today and I want to talk about this is a house of worship. In John 4, Jesus met the woman at the well, the woman from Samaria. And as they're having the conversation, she goes, um, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. This is John 4, verse 20. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you people say that it's in Jerusalem is where we ought to worship. And Jesus says, woman, believe me, the hour's coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. And then he continues down and he says, but an hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. And listen to this. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshiper. God is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and truth. Spirit. God is a spirit. He continues and says, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. I found that interesting because sometimes we've equated worship with the music. And music is involved in worship. It's a huge part of worship. But we have equated worship with, with things instead of equating worship with the king. He is worthy of my worship whether he does anything or not. The amazing part is he's done everything. <laughs> but I don't worship him because he's done everything. I worship him because he's the king. I worship him because he's worthy of all praise. I worship him because he was before time was, he was, during time he was, and after time he still will be. I worship him because he does not change. I worship him because he is the king, he is the savior, he's the Lord. And when we get the aspect of worshiping for who he is, it changes and what happens is it opens up and not only does it open us up, but it opens him up. And as we worship him, we have a communion and, and a, a closeness and intimacy with him. Why do I worship? Because he's worthy. I worship him because he's worthy. In fact, the word worship is an old English word when they translated it, which meant worth-ship. He's worth, and the word ship 
refer to condition or quality. God has qualities and conditions in him that make him worthy of us to give him all of our praise and all our glory and honor. He has qualities that supersede and exceed you and I. He's worthy. We praise with our lips, but we worship with our life. We praise with our lips, but we worship with our lives. Everything that I have belongs to God, and I have found that I need to give him, and in fact, he has my whole life. I've heard this phrase sometimes, you go where you're celebrated. No, I go where he tells me to go. And I thank God when I'm celebrated there, but sometimes if you're not celebrated, you still go where you're told to go by the king because he's worthy. He's worthy. We praise with our mouth, but we worship with our heart. Our being. If you study the word worship, you find out actually that worship had more to do with an action than it did with a word. We use the term worship and we have bands, worship band. But if you study the Old Testament, you find out that worship started by bowing down. Worship was kneeling down. Worship was, and I'm not going to do this, but laying prostrate before the Lord, just going, laying right down. On, worship was a complete surrender of me to him. I, I just, I want to be known as a worshiper. I want Solid Rock to be known as a place that worships. And what you find about worship is it's extravagant. It's extravagant. It's extreme. It's not something that is... It's, it's David danced before the Lord so much that it caused his, his wife watched him and, and she was ashamed, embarrassed by him because he lost his dignity, but his dignity was to the king. And he says, you are so much greater than me and I just worship you and I'm thankful for what you've done and I just want to honor you. And he danced before the Lord. One of the words for worship in the Old, in the Old Testament actually is to spin like a top. Now, thankfully for you, music moves me, but it moves me ugly. So I don't dance very often, and you can be thankful for that. But there are some people that dance before the Lord that dance beautifully before the Lord. If you don't dance beautifully, just do it in your chair. I'm just, dance before, give him everything. He's worthy of everything. All my finances, he's worthy of it. 
All of my thoughts and my career plans, he's worthy of. It doesn't mean I don't have a career. It doesn't mean I have no money. It doesn't mean, no, what it means is he's the one that rules it all. And what's amazing is as I worship him in my finances, for instance, he says, David, I want you to be a steward of my finances. Give me 10% and see what I can do with the 90, but you steward that 90, David, and see what happens. My marriage is his. My family is his. And when I honor him and worship him, it changes the way I react to my spouse. It changes the way I react to my children. It changes the way I react to those individuals around me. Why? Because he's the king, and I worship him, and I honor him, and everything I have is his. In the Old Testament, they would bring sacrifices. They gave of what they had in honor and worship to the king. I'm not sure, I think, I think in today's culture we've minimized and neutralized the blessing of God, the honor to God, the worship to God, because we have somehow defined it. But can you imagine what it would be like to live a life in complete surrender to the king? But we've rationalized it, even in Christian circles. Worship exalts while praise celebrates. Praise will celebrate somebody, but worship lifts God up. Worship exalts him. Praise is because of an activity. Worship is just because. Just because. You don't, need a need, you don't need a reason to worship. It's just because. Why do I worship? Because he's God. Because he's worthy. It's not because of what he's done. It's because of who he is. The worship that we have involves our whole life. My interactions with people are determined because of the king, not because of me. And there are things that I will do, not because I want to or I've thought of it, but because the king demands it of me and he is worthy of my praise and I bow down before him. Therefore, I will do what he tells me to do. One of the words that's synonymous with worship is the word serve. When somebody worships something, they became a servant to that. We talk about leaders, and I believe in leadership, but one of the fundamental things of leadership is, is actually servanthood. If you want to be great in God's kingdom, become the leader of all. No, if you want to become great in God's kingdom, be the servant of all. And one of my desires is I want to be great in God's kingdom. I'll be honest with you, I'd, I'd, I'd rather be great in his kingdom than in any other kingdom. Worship demands of me 
everything I have to give to him. When a king conquered a land, the people would bow, they would kneel, they would lay down. They, what would they would do is they would surrender their ability, their will, their resources to the king that came and conquered. They just gave it up. They stopped the fight and gave it up. Worship is a total involvement of my life. Worship is actually the sound and activity and atmosphere of heaven. I read that verse that was earlier was from Revelations 4. Where the, the activity in one of the atmosphere of heaven is a worship atmosphere. They're saying, holy, holy, holy are you. For your pleasure we were and are created. You are holy. I believe we are going to have a continual revelation of the beauty, the majesty, the worthiness of our King in heaven. I don't think we'll ever tire of saying He's worthy. That's how amazing our King is. Worship is not about me. It's about God. Therefore, it doesn't really matter how or what I feel. Well, I didn't really feel like worshiping today. I didn't really think the music was too good, so I didn't feel like worshiping. It doesn't, this might blow your mind, but it doesn't really matter what you think when it comes to worship. He's worthy. I've grown up in the church. I've, I've had many times when I didn't feel like it, and I found out later, it doesn't matter, David. You dictate to God what he gets. Who's the king? Am I coming hard, or do you? I, I'm, what I'm trying to do is, is paint a picture of worship that in my 56 years of life, I have seen degraded to an experience instead of an atmosphere and a condition and a life of giving, surrender, and serving to the king. We've made it a 20-minute expression. where it's a 24-7 commitment. I am committed to the king. What's amazing is he has done things for me, but I have found those as I've worshipped him, I've come to see what he has done for me. It's, it's amazing. But I don't serve him because of what I get. I serve him because of who he is. I serve him because he's the king. Some of the expressions were kneeling, bowing, dancing, clapping, raising hands, spinning like a top, 
shouting. Those were expressions. In the, in the Old Testament, I think there's nine different expressions or words that they use for praise and worship. And what I found is most of them were a physical activity. We've made worship based on the keys of the piano. And, and don't worry, I'm not going to play them because I don't know how to use them. But we've made it based on the sounds that we can and, and echoing our voice and say, I'm going to worship you. But we, you know what? I will bow down to my king. I will take away my movement and honor him. I will put down my head in respect to the king. I will dance like they did in Saturday Night Fever, staying alive, staying alive, and I will worship him with everything I have because he is worthy. When you come through the doors at Solid Rock, my prayer and my desire is that we will come and people will see it doesn't matter what my week was like, it matters who he is. Can you imagine what it would determine, what our week was like, determined how much we praise God? Oh, he's worthy. And what I have found is when I have been able to take my circumstance, my week, my experience, put it aside, and I've said, you're worthy, what I have found is the response that I get seems to overwhelm those things, and they don't seem to matter as much, and I actually feel better. You say, does it eliminate? No, some of those things it does eliminate, but some of them it doesn't. But now I've got a realignment. I found this interesting. In Matthew chapter 2, the wise men came from the east. We're in the west, so that means wisdom is here, and people from the east will come to the west. But the wise men came from the east. They followed the star. Do you know they worshipped a child that was just born? And if you read, I, I, I mean, we read the story. We just celebrated Christmas. The wise men came. The magi came. But it says in Matthew 2, they opened up their treasures And they came to the king, and this was funny, they came to Herod the king and said, we've come to worship the king who's born, the king of the Jews. And they're telling a king that there's another king that's been born, and they've come to honor him, and, and it's like, it gets Herod, it gets him up in arms, and they study, and they go, well, where could this happen? And actually, the people around him said, oh, it happened in Bethlehem. And so they've, they've, then they saw the star and they continued. They came to Bethlehem and it says, and they fell on their knees and worshipped a baby. That's worship. What did Jesus do for them at that point? Jesus had done nothing for them at that point. He was just a baby. But they came and they worshipped him. They saw the star, they rejoiced with great joy, they came, they worshipped him, and the response of their worship was also that they gave and they opened up their treasury. 
we always think, oh, they gave a little candle of frankincense. And the myrrh must have fit within a little, like, like oh, they, it says they opened up their treasure. When was the last time? No, I won't go there. They fell to the ground. They worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures. A bowed life is a surrendered life. This is a house of worship. I'd like to read a couple verses this morning. Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe. Give to him. Merit him. Uh, Give this thought. Write this down Dedicate this. Ascribe, give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Not his activities. His name. Worship the Lord in holy array. Psalms 150. Worship the Lord with the loud instruments. Worship him on this. Worship him on that. Worship the Lord. In Matthew 18, in fact, when you, when you look at the life of Jesus, people came to him, and it's, quite often it says they came and they worshiped him. And I've read that many times but as I'm reading it today, I'm going, they came, and that word worship means they did something. I've seen people in life bow their knee and then walk on their knees a certain distance as they worshiped. But they came and they worshiped Jesus, and they had a request but their attitude was worship. Their attitude was to give him honor, to praise him, to lift him high. You read the encounters that Jesus had with people time and time and time again. It says they came and they worshiped. They came and they fell down. The leopard came and he worshiped. The blind man came and he worshiped. This person came, he worshiped, and he fell down. Worship in the Bible the Satan even told Jesus, listen, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything. God says, Jesus says, huh? oh, I worship the Lord God, him alone. Worship. This is a house of worship. We will worship, we will give of our all to the one who gave us his all. My attitude of worship is because he is, 
I worship. Because of who he is. This is a house of worship. I will serve with total commitment. I don't serve based on my philosophy. I serve based on the king. Covenant doesn't mean I get to dictate the terms. He is the king. He's the king. He is worthy of worship. I, I, I don't know if I'm, 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 I'm trying to, I'm trying to be serious, but I hope I'm, I'm explaining and, and expressing and belaboring the fact that he is worthy, period. Why do I worship? Because he's worthy. When we start adding because he did this, he did this, he did that, when, he, when that doesn't happen, does that stop me from worshiping? No. I will worship him because of who he is. I don't always get what I want, but I will worship the king because he is worthy. This is a house of worship. I will serve. I will bow. I will lay down. I will kneel. I will submit. I will surrender. What's amazing when we surrender, we get out of the way. And the one who knows all takes that place. And I, I have found such a complexity in some of the decision making I make because I feel like I'm going to lose control when actually I need to give up control to him. And what I've found is when I've, sir, uh, when I've yielded what I have and when I've come to him, I have found I've made better decisions. Because he's, well, actually, he's made better decisions. This is a house of worship. I will sing with all my strength. Even if it's off key. I'll just hold the mic a little further away. He's worthy of it. No, I'm tired. I'm not going to give him worship today. I'm not going to sing. Can I tell you, he's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. He's worthy of it all. This is a house of worship because he is worthy of worship. It's not because of what he's done. It's because of who he is. 
And when I can worship him for who he is, that is the greatest and the beginning and the strongest decision, the best decision I can make. Because when I worship him for who he is, I worship him completely surrendered to him. I'm not the boss. He is. He directs my steps. Last week we talked about the Lord is my shepherd. Living a life of complete submission is probably the scariest thing you can do. Living a life of complete submission is probably the greatest thing you can do. Living a life of complete submission is the best thing you can do. I want to encourage you today to rethink worship. Rethink it and reframe it Instead of what I get, it's because of who he is. Can I get an amen? I have lived with because of what I get. And I think many here, if we would be honest, We've had those evaluations. I'm not saying every single time, but, but we filter things. What's, what's my return on investment? What do I get out of this? And I understand that thinking. But then what happens is we take that into our relationship with God, and it's because of who he is. But we start filtering. What do I get out of this? Now, what's amazing is we get life eternal. We have fellowship with him. We have all these things. But if I don't serve him and yield 100% to him, I don't get to appreciate everything who he is. It's like getting, getting the, the, the horse before the cart or the cart before the horse. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We like the end part and all these things shall be added unto you. <laughs> and I love that. And he's not against that, but it's the seek ye first part that I struggle with. I'd like to get to the and all these things shall be added. And he says, no, David, seek me first. Worship me. I'm here to tell you, he is worthy of worship. Why? Because of who he is. Amen? This is a house of worship. This is a house of worship. This is a house of worship, not because of what I get, because of who he is.
I worship him. I adore him. I honor him. I bow down to him. I lay prostrate before him. I, why? Because of who he is. Period. If I don't get any of those other things, I will still honor him, praise him, exalt him, and worship him. Why? Because of who he is. Why do I worship him? All right. The Lord bless you because you got that right. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. This week, I ask, think of the word worship and just say, because of who you are. Don't make it complicated. Because of who you are. Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Amen.